Welcome to the Spiritually Expressed Human, a show where being spiritual means unleashing the badass within, and being human means listening to your heart's voice instead of the one in your head. Together, Susan will help you navigate the murky waters of life's emotional and spiritual experiences, those that likely caused you to live by someone else's directions, and find your true north so that you can become the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have this gentleman in the house today because he's got an interesting story. This is probably one of the few people I have ever met in my life who started with that entrepreneurial spirit and that drive and that knowingness at a really young age. From what I recall, he kind of started when he was 11. And to me, that's just mind-blowing. So I'd love to introduce you to Mark Gubierdi. Thank you for being in the house today. How are you? And welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan, for having me. I am doing amazing and looking forward to creating some great content together. Excellent. And you are a content marketing expert, so that's even more exciting. All right. So before we dive in, I do want to tell you all a little bit about Mark because he really just does have some fascinating background in his story. Mark is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Now get this, with over 100,000, that's right, 100,000 students in over 180 countries, still blows my mind, who have enrolled in his online courses. He hosts three podcasts, which is impressive all by itself, and several evergreen virtual summits where he really teaches people how to grow their business and achieve personal transformations. He coaches authors, speakers, other coaches, and business owners on really how to attract more traffic to their content and boost their revenue. Wow, that is impressive, Mark. And if you don't, you don't have to share, but may I ask what decade of life you're in? I am in my 20s right now. See, listen to that. He's in his 20s. And I've met Mark in person, so know that a, a couple of times. And he's just genuinely a super down-to-earth, easygoing guy, really charismatic. I think one of the things that impressed me most about you, Mark, is when we first met, I sensed, without wanting to ask you how old you were, that you were probably in your 20s, maybe even early mid-ish 20s. And then as I was looking more into you as we decided you know, to have you on the show, I was literally blown away that you had started when you were 11. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of that journey and how that all began? So the way I start is... It's not like I had this master plan when I was 11. I okay. am a Red Sox fan and I live in New York, which is a big mess for anyone who knows about baseball. So my way of finding other Red Sox fans was to start a blog and talk about them. And that led me into the world of blogging. It led me into the world of gaining traffic. And then as I saw more success, I decided I wanted to help people who they have this message, they have this idea that they want to spread. So that's what got me into the whole content marketing space. I love the marketing. I dive into my analytics very often to find that next 
thing to get that 10% increase. I'm looking really deep into that stuff, but it's just a love for it. That's what made the growth really easy for me to build over time. Yeah. And, you know, I know that's not very easy for a lot of people as a therapist and a coach myself. That is not something I ever had to even think about or really even consider. And even though I am an entrepreneur and have been for 30 plus years in a variety of capacities, it still wasn't something I really had to think about. Now that I've been having to look at that, it's literally like it makes my head want to just like explode because I don't understand half of it. So I really admire that that is your passion and that you really help to teach others, you know, how to kind of create that whole package and grow their business. Was that a natural progression for you to kind of go then from blogging? Because you're a big YouTube star, aren't you? Yeah, YouTube is a place I've been growing on a lot lately. We're at a little over 5,000 subscribers at the moment. And it's just, I love doing the podcast. I love doing the YouTube. I love doing the blogging. And I know some people, they'll pick one or the other. But for me, I'm able to jump on all three of those different platforms and other things because I really do enjoy it. And I manage my day. I don't watch TV. And that gives me a lot of extra time to do stuff like those three platforms. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I don't I don't watch a lot of TV, nor do I have a lot of time. Sometimes when I want to be mindless, then I'll watch some mindless drivel on TV. And my husband will tease like, why are you watching that? You know, it's like, mindless and meaningless. And I'm like, exactly, because I can just disengage and just go blah. Did you always have that drive, though, as you were, you know, beginning to grow into your teens and you found blogging and then other mediums to be interesting and passionate for you? Was that an easy progression for you to step into or did you find, I don't know, challenges or doubts or anything like that starting to creep into play? I've definitely had challenges along the way we all have. The drive has just constantly been there as well. Like anything that I do, I want to do it with a full effort. That's just my mentality. I don't want to pursue something new if I think I will waffle on it or give up halfway through. Like if I embrace something new, it's for the long haul. Like YouTube, I committed to at least six months before I actually look at it to say, okay, is this something I should keep on doing? What does the data tell me? So I always stay committed over the long term because then when you do have that short-term bump, which happens to anyone, maybe you publish that video, that podcast episode, that blog post, and you don't get nearly as many views as you wanted, or you just have a number in your analytics that looks really bad, that could discourage you. But it's with the long-term focus where you do get those long-term rewards. And did you find that translated to other areas of your life as well, like in school, in maybe you know friendships and relationships as you continued to grow older into your teens and, and then as an adult? Did you find that that singular kind of inherent drive that was leading you down this business path and passionate path was also then translatable to all these other areas or did in those areas you let the doubt sometimes creep in and stop you? I do have a long-term perspective for all the different things I go for. So running, I've been running for eight years and I still have big goals that I set for myself. If I don't have goals in the area I'm going at, that's where I stagnate or slow down. So 
for running, I'm looking to qualify for big marathons and for school, it was taking a bunch of APs. So I had the option to graduate a semester early, but I'll only do stuff again, like with the long-term mentality. And if it's short term, if I feel like I'll give in on it, or it's just a trend. If I'm not going to commit to something in the long haul, I just don't do it. So it's really about the commitment then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I found that to be so true with people in my, you know, area of expertise as a therapist and a coach is that they, they have the desire to commit, but they have those fears that cannot, you know, be quelled by that deeper ambition or desire. And so then that creeps up, gets in their way. They kind of give up or they kind of mm, compromise, right? That commitment to that long-term goal. And so that's really kind of a key. Were you ever aware of anything that seemed at the time, even if it was for a really brief time, that was almost insurmountable for you? There's definitely been goals that I look at them and I'm like, how am I going to do this? And mm -hmm. it could be anything for like the business goal, like an income goal or something like that. And it's okay if you maybe you lower it in the short term, you go for a short term win and then you have that long term vision in place. Sometimes it makes sense to compromise because you set this lofty goal that what does it really do for you if you accomplish like a seven figure launch? Like that's the thing that a lot of people go for. Yeah. Is that the thing that you need to do? Everyone will want to have a million dollars in their pocket, a billion dollars in their pocket, but there's a lot of work associated with following that path. So are you someone who wants to do a seven figure launch and is willing to put in all of that work? Or use someone who maybe you just want to make a few thousand dollars per month in income and just build that up slowly and gradually, but you do have more of a lifestyle where you can spend more time with family and do the things you want to do outside of work. So if your lifestyle changes, your wants and stuff, like for some people, they could do the seven-figure launch, spend time with their family, do all that. But just because it's a big goal doesn't mean it makes sense for everyone. Right. And, you know, it, it breaks it back down to the same thing that it cuts across like emotionality or spirituality or business or relationships. Really, the truth is it's, you know, first be aware of what it is that you're wanting, desiring, committing to. What are those goals? And then break them down into the achievable steps. So if I have that lofty million dollar seven figure launch goal, but I'm just starting out, that's not realistic right? You know, I'm not really going to potentially be able to achieve that. And so it's breaking that down. It's really interesting that, you know, you've gone down several paths, not just, you know, with blogging and your YouTube channel and other mediums, but you're also an author. I know you had one, but I thought you had more than one book. Yeah, I have several books. I have in the neighborhood of 30 books. Some of them are 80 to 100 pages. That's my sweet spot. Some are no content, which is just like a workbook. I have okay. a few that are longer, but that's just where I am right now with the books. 30, three, zero. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, if you're listening, well, of course you're listening. As you're listening, pay attention to what Mark just said. Mark is in his 20s. He started when he was 11 
with a deeper desire to write about the Boston Red Sox. And it led to this path and that step and this path and this twist and adding this piece to where now he has 30 books. He, you know, as I said before, is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author. Now, like, I know people who are my age, sorry, I'm, I'm 56, who have dreamed of writing a book or starting a business or whatever, and they don't follow through. Did you have a great upbringing kind of parental caregiving environment that gave you that encouragement that fostered that drive? Or do you think you just always had that? In those types of situations, I always think it is a mix. I have really great parents, entrepreneurial. They encourage me to do different things. They help me out in those areas. You do find a lot of kids also who they have those types of parents who don't really achieve that type of success either. So it's definitely a mix for me, like being in the right environment and then being able to thrive and utilize that environment rather than looking the other way. And there are people who they don't have good upbringings and they do become successful. So that, that's just not my case. Like I'm lucky to have a good upbringing, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's too easy to peg excuses for why you aren't at a certain spot rather than looking inward to see, okay, where have I been lacking? How do I fix the gaps and how do I move on and be better? Oh my God. So true. Because, you know, in my arena, I get that all the time, right? I'm broken. You need to fix me. You're, you're this expert. And, it, and it's like they're giving their power away to who they believe I am and can, you know, quote unquote, fix them when they're not broken. They're just getting caught behind some of those thoughts and those feelings and those experiences that they're allowing to define them, right? And they're, they're kind of using them as the excuses or getting stuck in kind of that victim mindset, like because I had this poor upbringing and this and this shitty thing happened, this is the situation. And yet there are people like me, right? As a six-time sexual assault, and I'll say quote unquote survivor because I don't even identify that way anymore. I'm a thriver, Right didn't allow that. And so I'm always curious what people think if they think that their environment played a bigger role or if that nurturance of themselves, right, played a bigger role. And so it sounds like, yes, you may have had a beautifully nurturing environment that was supportive and fostering, but you really took charge, didn't you, and kind of nurtured yourself and your own desires here. Yes? Yeah, there is that mix, but the environment, uh, for me anyway, because again, each person has different circumstances. I don't want people to think, oh, he just had a good upbringing. I don't want that at all. But it was like, I was in this environment that helped me succeed. And then I just said, okay, this environment's here to help me. I'm going to utilize it to the best of my ability. And that's pretty much how I got to where I am. So, you know, like, because when we're in junior high, that's a really delicate time, right? We're, we're bridging the gap between leaving childhood behind to some degree and trusting mom and dad and everything they offer up, right? To having our own thoughts and feelings and emotions 
but not being seen by the world as being old enough, right? Because we're still these junior high kids. You're a kid. You can't possibly love yet. You don't even know about love, that kind of thing, right? Did you find then, having had this desire and starting the blog at 11, that when you got into junior high, did you really have any of the issues that a lot of young people face with trying to define who you are and how you fit in the world? Or did you just kind of have a clear vision and that helped to foster all this as well because the drive was there? So when I got started, there were a lot more people that picked at my age as a way to discredit my experience or as a way to like just not take it seriously. Like you hear someone with the same credentials and you're like, oh, wow, very impressive. And you hear me with the same credentials to kind of joke it off a little bit. So there was definitely a little bit of that. It wasn't like I didn't focus on that. It was more people impressed with my age. But, you know, you get some of that. But again, you do have to think long term. Thinking about all, like people who said different things or whatever. Like, I don't know them anymore. I don't know what they did with their lives. They don't know my middle name. And we just go our separate paths. So it just goes to that idea where age, any type of factor, if people are really throwing that at you, you don't have to take it in. Right. And you have that ability to just say, okay, this person could go their way. I'm going to go my way. And you look 10 years later and none of these people are in your life anymore. Yes. I mean, it, it really is that simple. Why do you think it's so hard for so many people to just recognize that, that it really is a question of choice? Why do you think more people take that in and they allow it to define them and stop them and hold them back? Do you have thoughts about that? I think a lot of people, they're just sensitive to the criticism. We all have egos to sure. a certain degree. Some of them are bigger than others, but some of them are also like hidden egos. So you have this scenario where it's like, you know, the typical egotistical, like, you know, like, look at me, like, like throwing money in the sky and like, <laughs> right. I make all, like that's like your typical person. But there is that other person who has like that inner ego. And yeah. when you criticize that person, you chip away at that ego, you chip away at their self-worth because for a lot of people, they connect their ego and their self-worth that they feel really good about themselves. They get the perfect score on the test, big ego boost, big self-worth boost. If they get the 70 or the 60 on the test, big ego self-worth drop. And the issue is that a lot of people have those two things connect together. And when they don't get too much criticism, then all of a sudden they get hit by criticism. It's a big deal. Yeah. But if you get hit by criticism every single day, you do learn to walk it off at some point because you're like, I'm just used to it at this point. I just keep going forward. Do you, do you feel like you ever got criticism in junior high or high school? Like, you know, teased or bullied or picked on like a lot of us as kids often can have happen? I definitely enjoyed my time in high school. I wouldn't say I was like, picked on or anything like that like you do have common trash talk and stuff like that sure but i wouldn't really say that i'm lucky enough to say where i can't really say i had too many gripes or anything like that so it sounds like you were already immune right to any of the criticisms that you might have heard or the trash talking or any of the little things that might have happened it sounds like you kind of were born 
as Mark, right? With this constitution and this immunity to the outside world in that way and the criticism. And that's not to say, like, I want to be very clear to you listening. I'm not saying that Mark, you know, is perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. But it sounds like you are, you have always been really well balanced as far as, hmm, I'll take in this information and see how it applies to what my, who I am, how I operate, what my long-term and short-term goals are. And I will take it if it serves me and I'll leave it if it doesn't. Yeah, that's a great mentality. And it's not like I had this all from day one, like when I didn't get criticism as much. And, you know, when you do get hit with criticism when you don't have much of it, like I would react, like, but it is something that you do build up over time that response and what you do based on what somebody says. Exactly. And, you know, that's one of the things that I have, you know, taught and shared with my clients and friends, family, you know, myself for years, is there's a huge difference between reaction and response, right? You know, reaction is automatic and response is choice. And people will be like, but, 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 how do I, you know, make that choice when blah, 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 victim mindset, right? Now I've had this shitty life or this negative thing or this or that. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know how else to share with you that it is really you just make a different choice, right? And so it sounds like you had already just such a, an awareness about yourself that you weren't really going to allow anybody on the outside world to really affect that for you. And it kept you on track. Would that be a fair kind of, you know, observation? Yeah. I mean, again, like the people who they're in your outside world, they don't know what you're doing 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on your computer working on your business or whatever times you're doing it. They don't know. They just see you barely know anything about you and then make assumptions or just treat you based on how they see you. But they don't know anything about you in comparison to the whole picture. So was there a pivot place for you not? I mean, I want to talk about in a bit the pandemic pivots that we're all, you know, many of us are having to deal with. But was there a pivot earlier on in your life where you noticed there was a, a real shift you were going to have to make or a real pivot you were going to have to make? I'd say that the pivots, they just happen gradually. Okay. It's just something I experiment with. And then I realized this is something I should build up on, or this is a good behavior or a good habit. And then I fully embrace them. Like it's, I don't usually like go, go, then like dead stop, dead turn. It's like, yeah. it's like one of those like gradual turns on a highway rather than an intersection. But see, one of the things that, you know, I admire about you is that you're doing a bit of the opposite of what a lot of, I don't know, um, you'll, you'll better know this than I, you're more the expert in this than I am, maybe marketing or maybe in the business side of things specifically, is that you just kind of do it. And then you research later, whereas so many others are telling you, no, that's the stupidest thing you should do. That's like creating a course because, oh my God, this is an amazing course and people are going to clamor and buy it all day. And then you, you do and nobody buys it. And it's like, no, you got to do your research. You got to find out what they want. And then you create the solution for them. But it sounds like you did it the opposite way and you've kind of lived your life like I'm going for it. I'm doing it. Because my gut or my data, my analytics, 
like whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be raw analytic numbers, right? Something is telling me as I'm experimenting to continue on this path. So I'm going to keep going and I'm going to do it. And then I kind of do the research. Is that kind of how you're living your whole life right now? Yeah, I just do the work and then I do research based on what the data gives you. The issue with doing research without your own data is that you're relying on someone else's data and hoping that paints the picture for what you have to do for your business. So if you see a YouTuber be really successful doing YouTube videos about stimulus checks, because ever since the lockdown, like if you did a stimulus check video at that time, you got a hundred thousand views in 24 hours. It was ridiculous if you timed that correctly. <laughs> right. Just because that YouTuber is doing stimulus check videos, that doesn't mean you should do stimulus check videos because maybe you don't have the same delivery. It's not a topic you enjoy as well. So you could do the stimulus check video and then you see, oh, like my retention rate's bad. YouTube isn't showing this to people. And that's how you see if it's a good idea for you because any outside data isn't tailored to you. I could go into my YouTube channel any moment, look back at all these different timelines to see what are my videos that are working, not what someone else is doing in some completely right. different industry, what's working for me, for my audience. You know, and that really, I mean, you're framing it from your experiences within business and like, and, and media platforms, right? But the truth is, and please everybody listen carefully to this, is what Mark's saying is actually applicable to our lives in every way, shape, and form. And here's why. Because if I'm paying attention to what other people think and are doing, if I'm paying attention to how they're reacting to things or what I've been taught to believe about things and it's other people's truths or experiences, I'm potentially negating my own and I'm not honoring where I'm at. What you're talking about, Mark, is that you moved forward regardless and still do, right? Some of those outside things may give us ideas, but we have to check in with our own data. And our own data may not be raw numbers from some analytic program. It could be, are, are we feeling happy in our life? Yeah. Are we moving forward? Are we feeling like we're living the life that we want? So it's really, these kinds of things are applicable across all of the domains of our life right? You know, in our relationships, our business and, and life. So like, that was beautiful. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, True Visionaries Incorporated, an organization dedicated to helping you become a true visionary of your own life. If you're dealing with any kind of stress day to day or stress related to the pandemic, then go to www.susandesenzi.com forward slash stress toolkit to download your free stress toolkit guide. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. I got to tell you a funny story, Mark, about YouTube. Oh my God, you're probably going to just like, you guys can't see Mark right now, but I, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm going to make an assumption and assume that he might be shaking his head when I tell him this brief story. Like, oh, Susan, why did you do that? So I did 21 days of Facebook Lives last year for my community, right? And 
I got on to Facebook Lives and I was like, hi, Facebook friends and family. Okay, because, you know, I was doing it for Facebook. Well, somebody said you should put them up on YouTube. And the only thing I had on YouTube was, I think, four private videos that I had done as an anniversary gift for my husband when we hit our 10-year anniversary uh, many years ago. And so I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know YouTube really. I don't know what I'm doing there, but okay, cool. So I upload all 21 videos exactly as they are, right? And I make them public. And it, you start the video and it says, hi, Facebook friends and family. I probably should have edited that out, shouldn't I have? I mean, I think it'd be better to edit it out because... <laughs> You're on YouTube versus on Facebook. I mean, if you just want to rush them out and get videos out, and like you know, that's your starting point. Then yeah. I guess you just figure that part out later. Like, I feel like too many people they'll want to perfect everything right from the get go. Yeah. Like my videos, very minimal editing. I just cut out the beginning, cut out the end, insert the subscribe call to action. So obviously in an ideal situation it's not saying hi facebook friends and family but <laughs> if that's what get if it takes you three months longer to get the videos out because yeah. you had to clip that part out and that's nagging at you it is better to just put out the video so it really sounds like what you're saying is just you know i've heard people say perfection is the enemy of how does that go perfection is the enemy of done or finishing yeah Something like that, right? I I don't know why I can't think of it right now, but but it's the truth, right? You know, oh, perfection is the enemy of well, yeah, whatever. And so I did just put them out there because someone recommended, but then somebody else had said, "Oh gosh," and they shook their head like, "That's not good," because you know it's on YouTube, and I'm saying hi, Facebook friends and family. But I was more of the my mindset like you that said, "Look, this is good content. I just want to get it out to people." And if honestly, in my, in my thought process, if people didn't want to watch that, who are maybe, you know, chronic YouTubers, and they, you know, heard me say, hi, Facebook friends and family, then are they really people that would, I would want to watch my videos right. anyway, and my content. So what have you found? Like, what has been the progression for you then? When did you write the first book? I wrote the first book, I want to say around my sophomore year of high school, like self-publishing was something I learned a few years after I started. Yeah. And I just had the blog posts. I was already doing those. So if you write a bunch of blog posts, you're like, oh, well, how do I write a book? And that's where the self-publishing came into play. Yeah. So when did you hit bestseller? What, how old were you and what book was it that you became a bestselling author? The USA Today Wall Street Journal bestseller was Write and Grow Rich. It was myself and 22 other authors. We each had a chapter. We each provided different insights to sell books. And when you do have 23 people taping up for a book launch, they get a friend each to do the book promotion. You got 50 people. I mean, that book, you just see there's like a whole bunch of different author names on it. But every bestseller is like that. You got an army of people promoting right. those things is almost never just one person. Right. I had that too. I was, I was graced to be in a, uh, a, an anthology as well. And we also kind of hit that status via Amazon though. I think just only, I mean, you hit, you know, the wall street journal and USA today. What are your plans going forward? Like, are you always just open to 
the ideas that you have and then experimentation and looking at the at the data and the research then and then just kind of twisting and tweaking and pivoting or did the pandemic create like a, a bigger shift that you had to find yourself pivoting in so i'm always about experimenting and action taking the pandemic has really cut off a lot of options from the outside world so yeah rather than just like sit back and not really do anything just mindlessly like when at home and stuff i'm using the time to further accelerate my business because this is an opportunity where you have a lot of people who they aren't thinking in a growth mindset as much like they maybe they stop the car they stop going but if you keep going full on that is your opportunity to grow an audience and build up your business. So I'm yeah. doing a lot of medium stuff. I started going even deeper on the YouTube and I've just been doing all these different things because this is the time to make money because then when everything's open and everything goes back to normal, like you can enjoy that more. But this is a time where you have options cut off. So let's just go all in on the business and see what happens. So what kind of advice do you, like when you are coaching other, like let's say somebody worked a nine to five, right? And then with the pandemic now they can't and they don't have the opportunity to work from home. So now is the perfect time to foster that dream maybe that you had when you were 20 or 12 or 40 that said, I want to start my own gig, right? What advice would you give to somebody based on your massive amount of experience, and especially in the realm of content, right? What would be a piece of advice that you would give to somebody like that to get started right now? Because it is the prime time because things are shut down and we can't just go out and maybe get another J-O-B. Uh, my advice would be to figure out what you would want to create content on for a very long time. So again, not something where it's just a few years, something where it's a few decades, if it ends up being that well for you. So think uh -huh. of something like that, then you have a business that you can keep doing for decades, but you need the money for a business. So once you figure out your idea, get a good enough idea of how to monetize. Like I know a lot more now about monetization and my business monetization than I did when I was first starting out. Just have a good enough idea of how you're going to make money. Then just start creating and publishing as much content as you can. See what sticks, see what gains the most traction, and then just keep going into your data from there. You're going to get all the answers you need from your data. I know it could be a little tedious to go through data sometimes. Like I enjoy going through my YouTube data, but that doesn't mean I always enjoy it. <laughs> right. Sometimes, like, these numbers are so many. Oh, but, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or then you have someone like me who just, and, and the funny thing is, is, you know, when you take those like tests and they tell you like more left brain or right brain, right? I can take them at any time and I'll be 51% left brain, 49 right brain, or 51% right brain, 49 left brain. I am very analytical too, right? You know, I have to be on some levels and I actually almost became a statistician, right? So I do love numbers, but because I don't know what I don't know when I'm looking at analytics and I don't know what a lot of the numbers mean or how to read them or interpret them or even honestly, what are good programs to use? 
I get intimidated then by them and overwhelmed. And then it makes me want to pull my hair out. And I, and I think that's true in life in a lot of ways for us, right? You know, okay, so go on. So look at the data and really kind of determine that. But if somebody is kind of like me, who doesn't really know a lot about that, and they get a little intimidated with that, is there, is there a kind of a workaround when you're just getting started to really have a better understanding so that you can really begin to grow and pay attention to those analytics and the data over time? Uh, at the beginning... You just want to have the enjoyment. Like with me, with the Red Sox blog, that was not my, I wasn't, I didn't really care much about the data. I was like, 10 visitors, cool. Like that was the only thing I really, I didn't look into each article and say, oh, this article about this game, this player, I should do more like it. I wasn't doing anything like that. So I would say just have fun and get started. The analytical mind comes as you go. And it could be really simple. Like, oh, you got a lot of extra views today and they could go as deep as this is what my thumbnail click through rate is but you could make the like you could custom tailor the data approach based on how much of it you want to consume so you even you even like kind of split test your thumbnails i don't split test the thumbnails but if i see a thumbnail is doing bad like under two percent click through rate i will immediately change it with something that i think will convert better and I do wow. look at all my YouTube thumbnails to see which one has like the highest click through and just copy some of that stuff. You just blow me away, Mark. You're so flipping brilliant, dude. And, and I just love, but you're down to earth and you're just, you know, to me, you're, you are a definition of an expressed person right? an expressed human in my world for the purposes of, you know, this show and talking about those pieces like you stepped into a place of recognizing who you were when you were a younger man and 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 yes we're we're always defining that we're always going with the flow and learning and growing of course i hope so because otherwise we're stagnating and nothing's happening but like it sounds like you were really able to say hey this is who i am and what i enjoy I'm going to follow that path. I'm going to see where it takes me. I'm going to pivot and change as I need to. And I'm going to pay attention to the feedback, the data, the research I'm getting along the way to keep guiding me. But I'm not going to give up and allow other people to kind of take that power from me. Would that be kind of a fair overall assessment of Mark Gubierti? That sounds pretty accurate. (laughs) Um, All right. So I think your next book ought to be the analytical mind. Mm. You said it, and I'm like, oh, that's really good. That's like perfect for a course or a, I don't know. I don't know, Mark. That's <laughs> your wheelhouse, right? All right. So if you had one piece of advice to give people through this pandemic and adding to that the advice that you as an expert in content marketing and really helping people to grow their business have, what would it be? I think with the pandemic, a lot of people just focus on what they've lost. They've lost the ability to go to sports. They've lost the ability to, for some brick and mortar businesses, even keep the doors open. So I feel like a lot of people do focus on what they've lost and some of it being deeper than others. Like, you know, if you are a restaurant, I mean, it's it's starting to come back, but Instead of focusing on what you've lost, I would focus on what you can gain 
what types of opportunities you could discover, what types of hobbies you could pursue. I've done some tennis and golf since the pandemic, two sports that I've never really done before. And wow. I am having a lot more fun in those. And with Medium, I've been publishing daily articles there. That's something I've started to do during the whole lockdown. Yeah. YouTube, I went deeper there. So I will focus more on what your opportunities are, what you can gain. Because again, everything will eventually come back where you are able to go to the restaurant, you are able to go to the sports games, but you have to figure out how you grow in between. And the yes. more you pay attention to growth opportunities, yeah. the better you are going to be post-pandemic. And there are going to be some people who they build their businesses during this time, become mega successful. And this was a the time they decided to start. Oh, I 100% agree. Like, you know, I look around me and I see even like in my field, I've been online for about five years myself, but you know, there are colleagues who are just, you know, full on psychotherapists day, you know, day in and day out and really don't do any coaching or any online work of any kind. And they were really struggling and still are because they lost a majority of their in-person capabilities, right? You know, with the lockdown. And even now, a lot of clients are still afraid to come back in person or even venture online. So it's like, how can you look at what the growth opportunities are and not stagnate? You know, big difference. I have, uh, you know, I, I had a question and then it literally uh, flittered out of my brain and my mind. And, and it makes me sad because it was something you said that I wanted to ask. Hmm. Happens to all of us. I know, right? So, well, if people wanted to get more information about you, I know that your podcast is called Success Breakthrough. I, I'm sorry, Breakthrough Success. I always say that wrong. Breakthrough Success. And I know that your company is Breakthrough Success. I know a lot of the work that you do, though, is varied. It's not, it, it, it is you know, breaking through those barriers that help lead you to success. But as you've added more podcasts, oh, I'm sorry. See, here, here, Sue, this is the reality of podcast world. Like, I'm not editing any of this out because this is I'm <laughs> me. I'm down to earth. Like, who cares, right? Real is real. That was it. Do you still think blogging is the way to the way to go for people or a way, a positive growth opportunity way to go? If someone wanted to start a blog now, do you still think that's positive? Yeah, I see the uh, a lot of people say blogging is dead. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who say blogging is dead via blog posts. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> if you if you Google is blogging dead, you're going to come off on a bunch of blog posts that ask that question, and they're getting a lot of traction from Google for that keyword. But <sighs> blogging is a written format. And there are going to be some people, they will only listen to content, only watch content, only read content. Right. And through the written content, you can uh, better insert affiliate links. You can better bring up call to actions. It is a skimmable atmosphere. So like, I know the 10,000 word article works for SEO, but there's just going to be a lot of skimming that goes on for the longer stuff. Mm -hmm. It's more of like learning to navigate a new atmosphere rather than just giving up on it because maybe some of the things have changed. Gotcha. Yeah. And that makes sense because, you know, it goes to kind of the, the absolutely auditory written 
and visual. I mean, right, you know, we all consume in different ways. And so that's really, really smart. I need to, I guess, you know, get my blog restarted, I suppose, then too. And I kind of ask that honestly, a bit selfishly, because I've been thinking about that going, wow, should I restart my blog? So you have graciously offered the audience for those that are entrepreneurs and those that are on this business path or even looking at pivoting, you have graciously offered a gift for them, a summit pass, I think, right? Yes. The content marketing success summit. This is a virtual summit that I first did in June, 2017. It is now evergreen. We have over 70 sessions there designed to help you create content, get more traction, and then monetize your content. So all that is available at contentmarketingsuccesssummit.com. You get access to all those sessions. The lifetime pass is $47, but you do get access during the four-day event to all those sessions. Wow. Holy cow. That is so generous. Thank you so much. And that will all be in the show notes. Now, if people wanted to get to know you better, work with you even maybe in their journeys, right? How would they get in touch with you? I'm helping podcasters, bloggers, authors, YouTubers all the time. If you do want to reach out, use markguberti.com slash strategy. It will allow you to schedule a free 20-minute call where we get to talk about your business, see if a coaching relationship or done with you or done for you relationship is the best path to move forward. Thank you so much for that, Mark. And you know what just dawned on me? I think, oh my God, I am so embarrassed to say this. I think I've been pronouncing your last name wrong this entire year I've known you. I met you just about a year ago at a mutual event we were at. And I think no matter how many times I've looked at your name and I've spelled it correctly, I say it as Gubierti. And it's Guberti. I just realized when you said that, I'm like, there's no, wait, he didn't say the I. And then I'm like, wait, there is no I. It's G-U-B-E-R-T-I. And I'm like, oh my God. So see this, people listen. This is a perfect example of I'm this podcast host. Mark is on my podcast right now as a guest. I'm supposed to be this like uber professional, blah, 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 bullshit, 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 right? And the reality is I'm like, oh my God, I totally have screwed up his name for an entire year and it just dawned on me. So be a little kind to yourself, okay? Yeah, that's big. Thank you so much, Mark, for being here. It's been such an honor and a joy to have you in the house today sharing with my audience. And I know that they'll receive a lot of value from this because even if they're not an entrepreneur, have no desire to be an entrepreneur, or you know, they're just, they're just kind of happy doing their thing the way they've been doing it, there is so much of what you said that is applicable to our lives day to day and who we are as people that I hope you all really take notice. So thank you for being here and sharing. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, listen, y'all, Mark is this amazing, I, I, I just feel weird saying young man. I don't, you know, like, I, but I kind of say that about a 50-year-old guy too. I always just have kind of talk like that. But he didn't let anything stop him. When he knew what he knew and he trusted that part within himself and he felt it and he just went for it and he didn't give up. Look at what has happened, right? You know, he's got 30 books. He's got three podcasts. He's got virtual, you know, evergreen virtual summits. And 
he's enjoying his life. He's fully expressing as who he is and he's happy and he's a great guy and he's a nice guy and he's easy to talk to. Like, think about that. So if you're struggling with anything, reach out to me at susandesenzi.com forward slash contact dash me. It'll be in the show notes. Let's sit down together for 30 minutes as my gift to you for listening to the show week after week, where we can really begin to break through all the things that are holding you back. I love you all. You're amazing. For now, stay safe, be well, live free, shine bright. Ciao for now. You've been listening to The Spiritually Expressed Human, where conformity is not an option, getting out of the box is critical, and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace. If you're ready to start that process, go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started. You can also get the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.